leading a startup team, whether you're delivering a sugar rush, stocking coffee, or getting a regular delivery of snacks, Office Depot has solutions that fit every startup culture, from getting those first business cards and stationery to ordering fleece pullovers with your new logo. To learn how Office Depot and the California Technology Council have partnered to bring you savings on all of these startup essentials and more, go to californiatechnology.org forward slash member benefits. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. The Gloucester Marine Genomics Institute is seeking to harness biotechnology to discover new therapeutics by studying the DNA of marine life. At the same time, the Institute hopes to breathe new life into a fishing village that houses it and create new opportunities there. We spoke to Andrea Bodner, Science Director at the Gloucester Marine Genomics Institute, about marine biotechnology, the ocean as a source of novel therapeutics, and the Institute's efforts to transform the economy along Cape Ann. Andrea, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. We're going to talk about Gloucester Marine Genomics Institute, the potential the ocean represents as a source of new medicines, and how the Institute operates. It, It seems GMGI's mission is as much economic as it is scientific. Perhaps you can begin with talking a little about the town of Gloucester, where you're based, and and how the Institute came about. Sure. Um, Gloucester is the oldest seaport in America, founded nearly 400 years ago, um, and its economy is principally historically been based in the fishing industry. Um, So the decline in the capture fishery industry over the last several decades has really had a negative impact on the local economy and the economy of the region. So the idea for GMGI really came from discussions between local scientists, business, and community leaders, as well as government officials, who uh, really wanted to do something to catalyze new economic opportunities for Gloucester and for the Cape Ann area, um, while at the same time remaining true to the rich maritime history of the region. Um, so their idea really was to bring 21st century technologies, and specifically genomic technologies, to the sea for new discoveries that impact either fisheries or human health. Um, so they founded GMGI as a non-for-profit uh, research and education institute in uh, 2013. And what's the broad mandate for GMGI? What does it seek to do beyond research along the lines of, of economic development? Um, yeah, well, uh, as I stated, our, our mission is really to conduct world-class marine biotechnology research, which expands the regional economy, and our strategy really has three components. Uh, the first is to establish a research institute powered by genomics to uncover new discoveries um, that impact fisheries and human health. The second part is to create a really vibrant science community in and around Gloucester. And so this actually encompasses a number of things, um, such as attracting scientists to come to Gloucester for collaborative research um, and conferences, 
uh, to conduct translational research that generates opportunities to form spin-out companies, as well as attracting other research and biotech entities to, to locate in Gloucester. Um, now, in order to support this growing science community and our expanding research institute, um, you really need a trained local workforce. And the, so the third part of our strategy is actually one of educational workforce training, um, whereby we're training the next generation of lab technicians. Um, so our flagship education program is called the Gloucester Biotechnology Academy, and it's a nine-month vocational training program to train recent high school graduates to become entry-level lab technicians and prepare them for jobs in the life science or biotech industry. There are a number of drugs on the market today that are derived from marine organisms. There's a, a growing pipeline as well. GMG is not alone in looking to marine life as a potential source of new drugs. How significant an opportunity does the ocean represent as a, a place to find novel therapeutics, and to what extent has this truly been explored? Uh, well, the ocean is really the largest reservoir of biodiversity on the planet, uh, and yet we know really only a fraction of what's there. So I believe there's a tremendous opportunity for new discovery from the sea, um, and certainly genomics allows us to explore this biodiversity in a very cost-effective and sustainable way. So this really opens up a new era of discovery from the sea. So you mentioned that there have been some marine-derived um, therapeutics, and to date there are nine FDA-approved marine-derived drugs on the market um, with indications such as cancer, infectious disease, and, and pain medications. Um, and these drugs have had, um, they have very unique, chemical structures, very unique mechanisms of action, and they show tremendous promise in their therapeutic areas. But historically, there's been a problem of discover discovering new therapeutics in the sea because of the limited supply of starting material. So traditional drug discovery was based on harvesting organisms from the sea, extracting their chemical constituents, and testing these for activity. But because many of the compounds were present in really low quantities in these organisms, you needed a lot of biomass, in some cases tons of biomass, in order to extract enough of these compounds to do your experiments and to, to test their efficacy. Um, so really it was a very difficult, very expensive um, process. But now with genomics, you can take a small sample of any organism, sequence its genome, and you have a blueprint for all of the chemical and biological capabilities of that organism. So now working from the genome, you can really ha have a look for novel genes and biosynthetic gene pathways that may be encoding molecules with new therapeutic potential. And so really, again, I think genomics is, is opening up a new era of discovery of therapeutics from the sea that wasn't possible before. Uh, how is science organized at the INSTA? What, what's the roadmap for what you're seeking to do? Uh, so our strategy um, really is a, having a platform based in genomics to address questions related to oceans and human health. And we basically have three main program areas. Biomedicine and biotechnology is one. Ecosystem function and health is the second. And fisheries and aquaculture is the third. So on the fishery side, what we're doing is using genomics to better understand populations of commercially important fish and shellfish and creating the next generation of tools to better assess population structure and also assess the health of aquatic animals. Um, for the ecosystem function and health program, we're using genomics to explore the biodiversity and function of the marine environment and developing new genomic tools to assess ecosystem health and function. Um, and response to both natural and man-made stressors in the environment. 
And on the biomedical side, we're exploring the ocean's vast biodiversity with a, really with a focus on marine microbes to identify novel DNA sequences and organisms um, for therapeutic applications or other applications in biotechnology. Um, and we're also creating the next generation of genomic uh, tools to help advance marine animals as models for biomedical research. And our focus is on long-lived disease-resistant animals. You're based on the water. You've got the, the ocean as your backyard. There's no shortage of marine pl and plant and animal life to sequence. Are, are you focusing on local species? Is everything fair game? How, how do you prioritize what you're doing and, and how systematic is your approach? Yeah, I think many of our initial efforts are focused on the local marine environment, and for the moment, there's still a lot to learn from our own backyard, um, but eventually, we'd like to extend these programs into other marine environments that are further afield as well. And what's the potential value of these organisms as model systems for human health? So the unique adaptations of marine animals have made them very valuable models for biomedical research, and they have significantly contributed to our understanding of very fundamental biological processes, including many that are directly relevant to human health. Um, so I think one way to illustrate this is to uh, look at some of the Nobel Prizes in Physiology and Medicine that have been awarded to work that have been conducted in marine animals. And to date, there have been seven Nobel Prizes um, for research conducted in marine animals. And they've really helped us to understand the fundamental basis of cellular immunology, how nerve function works, how our eyes perceive light and color, the process of learning and memory, uh, and also the fundamental process of cell division, how it was controlled by a group of proteins called cyclones, is also discovered in, in a marine animal as well. And so they really have contributed uh, tremendously to biomedical research. And in my own research, I use sea urchins as a model to understand questions relating to aging and resistance to cancer. Well, I know you've done a lot of work in the area of aging. Are there specific areas that the Institute is focusing on? Will, will aging be one of them? Uh, yeah, we, I will continue um, some of the research that I've been focused on for more than a decade now, which is using sea urchins as a model for aging and, and cancer studies. Um, sea urchins are really well-studied animals. Uh, not only are they commercially fished, but they have also been a model um, for research for more than a century. They're a classic model of developmental biology. And what fascinates me most about sea urchins is that very different species or different species have very different reported lifespans. So some species of sea urchins are reported to live for only two years in the wild, while other species, like the red sea urchin, can live more than 200 years. And these long-lived red sea urchins are not only remarkable in that they live this long, but they also get through their long lives in the absence of any signs of aging and no recorded cases of cancer. So our efforts at GMDR are to try and elucidate some of the cellular and molecular mechanisms by which these animals maintain good health throughout their extraordinary life. And we're hoping eventually to be able to translate some of the findings from these animals into preventative or therapeutic strategies for human age-related degenerative diseases. And cancer. Well, to what extent is GMGI working to go beyond sequencing to actually identify therapies that can do things like that? Do you intend to screen against targets of interest? 
Uh, yeah, so our initial research programs have really generated novel um, DNA sequence and marine microbe resources, which provide a foundation, a tremendous source of material for new therapeutic discoveries. We do plan to use these resources to develop our own in-house screening efforts, but these are still in early stages of development. So in the meantime, we've been talking to um, a, a number of biotech companies who are interested in using some of the resources that we're generating from the sea in their own established uh, discovery pipelines for novel source material uh, for discovery. And what role do you expect the Institute to play in the translation of discoveries made at the Institute? Yeah, so I think partnering um, with companies who, who have a track record for these, uh, developing discoveries, bringing them to market is going to be really important. We're a very small startup, a not-for-profit institute, but we hope to uh, leverage some of the unique uh, genetic and biological resources that we're generating through partnerships. So I think one of the advantages of our location here in Gloucester is the proximity to a lot of leading-edge biotech and life sciences companies who have successful track record in translating discoveries into life-changing therapeutics and diagnostics. So we hope to take advantage of that, of being part of that, that community. And, and how is the nonprofit funded today, and, and is there a plan to scale up as you grow? Um, yeah, much of our initial funding has come from private philanthropy. And we're incredibly grateful to the generosity of many private donors who provided this initial support. We've also received generous funding from the state, including a $2.7 million grant from the Massachusetts Life Sciences Center, um, which funded the build-out and equipping of our, our beautiful state-of-the-art research lab on the Gloucester Harbor. Um, we've also received some state funds for our, some of our fisheries research work. Uh, and in 2019, we received our first federal grants, which support two of our research programs. So. Um, Really, as our research program grows, the goal is to continue to increase funding from grants, um, as well as focus on our, our focus is on problems that are quite applied. So we hope to generate new discoveries that will have commercial potential, and we hope um, for the long-term sustainability of the institute, we have some revenue coming in from some of the discoveries that have commercial applications that will help to sustain the institute and continue to grow the institute over time. You're in the fisheries work you're doing, one of the interesting things you're actually doing is collecting DNA that is circulating in seawater. I think for listeners, it's a bit analogous to liquid biopsies. How difficult is this as a way to non-invasively monitor species? How easy is it to collect DNA, and what does it tell you about the the health or well-being of the ocean and, and the organisms living in it. Yeah, so, so what you're referring to, uh, we, we refer to as environmental DNA or eDNA, and this is a really powerful and relatively new technology that really does enable you to access um, you know, what organisms are present in the marine environment by analyzing DNA that's shed into into the water, essentially, by the organisms that are in the water. And so the beauty of this technology is really that it's relatively easy and inexpensive to collect water samples. Um, and you, all you really need to do is to collect about half a liter of seawater, pass it through a filter to capture all the cells and DNA that's present in the seawater, extract the DNA from the filter, and then you can sequence that DNA 
to get a snapshot of everything that's present in, in that sample, or you can specifically target certain species that may be of interest, say cod or lobster or whatever you're interested in studying. And so it becomes a really powerful technology um, that has applications both potentially for commercial fisheries as well as conservation efforts. So it really can help to detect the presence of commercially important species, to follow signatures of endangered species without you know, stressing them or approaching them, and to also monitor the spread of invasive species. So there's tremendous potential applications of this technology as it continues to be developed. Andrea Bobner, Science Director of the Gloucester Marine Genomics Institute. Andrea, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.